sank oft, and with his sprawlings came afloat, breast up, hands grasping the air, but the water waiting his fur washed over him, and at the last he cried, Peep! and perished. His death was seen from the shore by plate liquor, who, crawling out a log, called across the water, Ah, puffed jaw! You shall not go unpunished, vile coward. You slipped him from your back and let him drown like any castaway. On land you were not the better man. Heaven and we mice will punish you. Then tearing at his fur so that tears spilt from his eyes and piping, Woe, woe, he ran to tell the mice what he had seen. And when they heard of Crumbsnatcher's brave death, and how even as they spoke his corpse, face up, floated on the pond, unable still to make the safety of the shore, they were seized with a furious anger, and bade their heralds summon all to meet at dawn before the whole of Cake Eater, the wretched father of the ill-fated, shipwrecked mouse. The Councils of War and the Arming When the mice in haste had gathered, Cake-eater, his whiskers wet and drooping, addressed the crowd in words like these. You all know me. I had three sons. The first the sniffing weasel killed outside the hole. Another died of agonizing poison. Today I lost the last and best, crumb-snatcher, whom Puffjaw has carried into the deep and drowned. If I and Quernlicker, a mother thrice bereft of rightful joys and blessings, if we too alone appear to suffer from the frogs, do not be deceived. They plan some mischief for us all. They will come, hopping out of the pond, smooth-faced and hairless, using their front legs merely to rest, not to run. So arm yourselves and follow me, and we will meet them on the shore." With such words he persuaded them, and they began at once to arm. Those that had swords cleaned and honed them while telling stories of their battles long ago. Others made swords new from chips of slate, hammering them into shape, and though many split and were lost, enough remained, and these they blessed by watching through the night. Their shields were made of weasel's skin, skillfully stretched over forms of reed, and on each was dyed with berry juice a terrifying snake. The spears were of two kinds, the light for far-throwing were fashioned from pine needles, the heavy, which only the strongest could wield, were made of stubble, smoothed and sharpened to a pitiless point. For their heads the helmets were of peanut shells. So the mice armed, and when the frogs heard of it, they rose from the water and gathered round the log in council. And while each asked the other whence the quarrel rose and why the mice should arm, a herald from the mice drew near, pot-searcher, son of great-hearted cheese-scooper, bearing a wand of peace and parley, but speaking thus grim words of war. Frogs, pay heed and then take counsel with yourselves. The mice have armed and send me with their threats to you, for they have seen the noble crumb-snatcher, dead and drifting in the water, drowned by your king, Puff-jaw, a vile and treacherous frog. So fight then, frogs, as many as are warriors among you. At such words the proud frogs croaked and clamoured till the log rang. But some few questioned Puffjaw, and to answer these he rose and said, Friends, 
I killed no mouse, nor did I even see one perish, though like you I too have seen the dark carcass course with the wind across our pond. I think he drowned while wantoning upon our waters, aping us and practicing to swim. I swear I did not see him drown, and yet these worst of vermin dare to charge me, your king, who am in no way guilty, but am as pure today as when with spring water you anointed me. Therefore I urge we arm in answer to the wily mice, and drench their arrogance by driving them along the shore and into the death-dealing waters where frogs alone survive. Then uprose Pond Larker, beloved by some, but despised by more for his quiet manner and reasonable ways. Think first, he urged, that many mice will die. Then think again that...